Hello. <laughs> Hello. Did it's uh, we have a we have a studio audience today. Uh-huh. We've got uh, there's four chairs. I feel like you're really gonna sling some shit now that you have an audience. Well, n- well, I like to make and they're all guys too, <laughs> except for Lori, but Lori doesn't count anymore. Uh, <laughs> we we do have four chairs, so some of you are gonna be like ooh guests, and then some of you are gonna be like ugh. But that's okay, so that's why we're starting with the two of us. We'll do a little bit of our usual. Well, no, I'm I'm look. You look beautiful Thank as you. always. Thank as you. Always. Why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> I said we'll do a little bit of our usual. And in my head, I'm holding on to a fight right now. No, we're not going to fight. We're not, well, that is the usual. That is the usual. Uh, but we are not going to fight. <laughs> we're not. No, no, no. Okay, we'll talk about it later in private. Then. Well, I, I had a I had a wonderful show um, in in College Station, Brian uh-huh. College Station, and. Um, we did the stampede. Yes. It was kind of a, a, a last minute kind of add on. Yes. And it was just a, um, it was a beautiful weekend. Yeah. Um, Sunday. Um, so, you know, Jody who plays fiddle for Cody Johnson has become a very good friend of mine. And his, his wife actually, she reminds me of you a lot. She, yeah. She's very fashionable. She's very funky. She kind of has her own thing going on. Kind of like you and those earrings, <laughs> you know, she's. <laughs> She's got her own thing going on. And, uh-huh. and when I met her for the first time uh, was at NFR and she was explaining to me her passion for helping people, Yeah, you know, and, and Jake was at the, at the craps table with us. And, you know, we, we were just really taken with her passion for uh, helping people who have been human trafficked. Yeah. You know, and as a matter victims of, of human trafficking, victims of human trafficking and being in Bryan College Station, they don't have any um, facilities, anything for those. Any sort of resources. Resources for those people. So she took it upon herself um, to um, take on that at, for her town. Yeah. <clears throat> so since she has become a 501c3, she, I mean, this girl is a doer. I was going to say, that's a huge undertaking. Yeah. She, they bought an apartment complex. She raised money to buy an apartment complex. Wow. To house them. Uh-huh. She built a boutique for them to have jobs. Uh, and she's just a, a by herself. Yeah. Very, very um, motivated girl. And I, I just, uh, I admired her tenacity. I mean, a lot of people sit there and they say, well, I wish I could do this. Or I'm going to do that. Or, you know, she did it. Yeah. So Sunday night, you know, and Brian Hart's here. He was there. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt compelled to help. Yeah. So I said, Renee and I are going to make a donation, but we need, um, we need the audience to match our donation. And we ended up raising her another $3,000 that day. That's amazing. So it was, it was just a good weekend and, and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of good folks. And, Brian, oh, and she just I, came to like see a show and laugh. That's yeah, awesome. You know, but, but again, you know, she, she, she moved me and she motivated me. Yeah. Um, I hate that I don't have her card. I was going right to say, now. what's the name of the organization so we can actually give them some love? Um, the card is actually on my... You want me to go get it? Hi. <laughs> I'll go get it. No, right. no. I was going to say, we have so many people in here, no, too. Okay. okay, should I tell people what we were going to fight about this morning? Yes. <laughs> um, we are starting a little bit late today because I did not know we were podcasting at 10 a.m. Mr. Trevino rescheduled the podcast and he knew about it, but I did not know. So I showed up in my gym clothes, smelling like armpits, not having showered and uh, got ready. I did good, though. I did good. But what my my beef, my bone that I was going to pick with you is yesterday. I, I got, got a bone for you. I, <laughs> 
Wah, wah, wah. Yesterday, I got a whole lecture about not communicating something that was on the calendar, that has been on the calendar for weeks. I, I, and I, then I walk in and you're like, you're not ready to go? We're no, podcasting but, but, at 10. No, but my thing is like, hey, uh-huh. I made a mistake. I honestly thought that we were on a group text because Jake had hit me up and he said, hey, let's move it to 10. Mm-hmm. And I look up there and there's several people on the text. And I just assumed, and that's my fault, that we, we were all in the know-how. And and if we're gonna blame anybody, we should blame producer Rick. Oh, okay. Okay. Producer Rick is the problem. I'm still, I'm still not because, buying that one. Because Rick didn't produce. Rick didn't call and say, "Hey guys, we're moving to ten. No, he just. You we live just, in the same house. Well, How would, hard is it to say? <laughs> the mics are cutting out no, again. Rick, uh, your problem. <laughs> no, Rick, what you don't know is yesterday I got a whole lecture about not communicating lunch plans about because pre- pre- it was President's Day. It was a school holiday. Oh the school holiday has been on the calendar for months. That doesn't mean I know what you want to do. Like that was what was driving me crazy yesterday. She's like, she's like, hey, the kids are off today. We should do something. I'm like, yes, we should. Uh, I'll go outside. Let me know. I'll be ready to go when no, you're ready. I s- uh, uh, no, no. I said, these are our options. We have a child who naps in the middle of the day. So there is a morning window and oh there is God, an dude. afternoon and window. That's and what, that's what, what women don't understand is I don't need options. Tell me what to do. No, you did Tell need me options because you were frustrated. You, let, you were like, I got things to do. I had plans today. It was, it was the first nice day in forever. I finally got my new Polaris back. I had my boots on, my hat. I was ready to go out to the yard and start cleaning this place up for spring. And and I was like, hey, let me know, brah. I'm ready to go. And then you no, were like. No, that was not how it went down. Right. It said no school in the calendar. Even Garrett knew. Garrett had his heart set on going to Hibachi for lunch because we had talked about it. But I'm always so scared because, you know. I'm I'll, scared. I, I know. I'll I'll, because I'll be like, scared. hey. I'll be like, hey, let's do this. And you're like, are you stupid? It's nap time. I have never said our daughter our daughter's gonna turn into a pumpkin you know better so anyway we'll fight next time uh (laughs) read the card so we can give some love back to good-hearted stuff um what is it i can't read Turn, turn it around Different Day Foundation. Different Day Foundation. She's Different doing Day Foundation. Wonderful things in Bryan College Station, and and you know that is a cause that I was really made aware of uh, through our friend Josh Abbott. Yeah. You know, and Josh Abbott uh, had us, uh, me and Renee, go out and and I performed and helped him out with his charity Jab Cares, and they were actually raising money for for the same thing. Yeah. Uh, women who have been uh, human trafficked. Yes. Um, so, it, it, you know, being a, a father of a beautiful baby girl, you know, you just, you, you know, and, and I think, you know, Jake will tell you, uh, you know, we spend all year veterans, 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 and we're very yeah. proud of that. But then you hear all these other things. You just want to help everybody and you just can't, you know. So yeah. even though I can't help her and get behind her like I do Helicopters for Heroes, the least I can do Raise a couple bucks at my show and bring awareness to her foundation to people. So yeah, it's um, different day, different day foundation.org is the I'm, website. I'm very excited about uh, our guests. Yeah, we do have a guest. They are a couple. Uh, one of the things that we try to do in this podcast is to bring you couples. Um, and we always try to do it with couples. Yeah. We like the idea that we can bring other perspectives, other um couples that are in difficult businesses that 
work together that have to work around each other's schedules, uh, very similar to us, and yeah. just kind of get their their perspective. So today we have the number one, as of today, the number one bull rider. As of today? In, well, he's been going up and down. Like, uh-huh. Sometimes I see him, he's like three, and then he's one again, and then he's two, and then he's one again, and you know. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so now, right now. Oh, because the San Antonio Rodeo is happening right now. Well, the rankings go, uh, points-wise, it goes up and down. So he's okay. right now, he's the number one bull rider in the world. Um, and I had the pleasure. That's so cool. I had the pleasure of meeting him and his beautiful wife uh, at NFR. Uh-huh. And before I bring him in, I will tell this quick story. Is that I found it very funny. So we're at NFR, which is National Finals Rodeo. When um, you were in Vegas. In yes, December. when I was in Vegas. And after the afterwards, of course, I bring Josh on stage. He waves, and of course, there's there's rodeo fans there. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, I'm like, hey, Josh, will come out and he'll hang out. And if you want to take a picture with him, you can because he's such a nice giving guy yeah so he comes out and <clears throat> you know everybody's there at my show so i'm taking pictures i'm taking pictures and then like every third person would be like oh my god josh can i get a picture with you so then josh is like well i'm gonna be hanging out at the lane frost um clothing booth mm-hmm. at the expo center for the rodeo fans yeah i'll be there signing autographs hanging out come come hang out so then i felt like him <laughs> Nobody gave a shit about me. They just want to take a picture with him. Yeah. And they're like, hey, sir, can you take our picture of me and John? I'm like, yeah. Well, it was Cowboy Christmas, right? They probably had no idea yeah. who you were. Um, but but it was, it was, it's so fun getting to know him. I got to meet his wife briefly. Yeah. And now me and you get to meet them as a couple together on a podcast. So yeah. I'd like to introduce you to the Frosts, uh, Josh yeah. and Erica Frost. Come on Let in, guys. Let me move over. Let me move over. Come on over here. We, we'll give them the shitty chairs. We'll give them the shitty chairs. I warmed it up for you. Well, hello, guys. How are you? Good. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Well, first, I, you know, because Renee and I are madly in love with each other. And, and we always say Even that, when we fight. That's what I was going to say. Even though we call it an, an, an imperfectly perfect marriage. Um, we always like to know, number one, I think I know probably where y'all met. But you guys couldn't be further apart Completely growing different up countries <laughs> yeah so you grew up in in canada yep canada quebec canada from montreal so completely different and area. she speaks she speaks french <laughs> I, well i was gonna ask yeah because most people speak french right quebec yeah. is the only part in canada they speak french are you a french descent i yes, yes. i always spoke french and we spoke French at home. I learned English as well at home. My mom's side of the family's English and my dad's side's French, so I got both and we That's just... really cool. Do you guys ever go to uh, France? Nope. I've never I mean, been to France. They'll probably shit on you there for your accent. <laughs> yeah, completely right? different French <laughs> different, there. <laughs> different French. I've been to Montreal, you have not. I have not, no. It is I've a, never been to Canada at all. It is a huge melting pot. Is that is that the right way to that say it? That would be correct. I, I mean it, and the food's amazing. The food is amazing there. So, growing up, Quebec, and I would assume family rodeo business, yes. right? And, and I, do you I fa- don't associate rodeo with Canada. I associate it as like a southern thing. A lot of people do, but people don't realize that Canada is country as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially like Calgary and that side. Yes. You, you know, you go to Brian, where Brian lives in Nova Scotia, and uh-huh. Nova Scotia, I mean, they are country as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they hunt and they're, I mean, they are very country. Yeah. You know, um, so then you, 
rodeo and you find yourself in a little college in Oklahoma or the Panhandle? Yes, Goodwill, Oklahoma and the Panhandle. And I would assume that that's where you ran into this fool. It was. I uh, wanted to rodeo and my dad said, I guess you can go to college, but don't meet a guy out there and want to stay there and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> How did it go down? Uh, first college rodeo, I met Josh, so that oh, <laughs> didn't take no. that long. Oh the first one. And so we were actually at different colleges. I was at Panhandle State. It was in Goodwill, Oklahoma, Panhandle. She was at Weatherford, Oklahoma. And like I said, first, I mean, literally been to college for three weeks. And she was actually living with my now sister-in-law. And so... Oh, <laughs> now this shit gets <laughs> incestuous. Bro, I love stories like this. Not well, incestuous, I mean no, like no. this. So we kind of have the same situation with two of my cousins. Two of my cousins... Married a brother and sister. So now they're uncle they're, cousins. Cunk, yeah, we cunk. call them cunkles. <laughs> so they have kids that have cunkles and, you know, their cousin uncles. And it's and people are like, how the fuck does that work? So is this kind of the same situation? So all the backup. So you were roommates with... with I was roommates yes. with Kylie, which is his brother's wife. Yeah. So they're not related. Were they, they just no relation? Just, we just, just were roommates. Yeah, just, were they already married when you were living with them? Not yet. No, they were. Were they engaged? They just gotten engaged. Yeah, they had just got engaged that summer. And that's your sister. Sister in law now. <laughs> no, so crazy. No blood though. No blood. No but blood. no. But that's cool. Yeah, that no, that's so roommates awesome. Are now sister in laws. Yes. So she's fucking stuck with you forever. <laughs> stuck now in the middle. So of who nowhere. met first? So obviously they met. First. Yeah, they met first. They like I said they were engaged. The neck that and then so like I said we. But you so then you had you met her before no, or you hadn't even no, met this her. This was her. So she we're the same. We're, I'm a year older than her, but she had went to college or school in Quebec for two years after high school. So I was on my junior year of college. She came down and was a freshman because that was when she decided to come rodeo. So she comes down as a freshman, gets to Weatherford, Oklahoma, trying to find somewhere to live. Kylie had a place at the house she was renting. So they move in, they become friends. Was there some little grumblings from your brother that were like, hey, dude, she's hot? Like, <laughs> maybe a little. I mean, there was, hey, maybe like, a little. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Kylie has these two French roommates. They speak, they speak French. You know, you need to meet, you need to meet them. So, <laughs> right. first, so you picked this one. Yeah. <laughs> so there was three of you girls. Yes. Yes. So who hit on who? It was probably definitely me. We, <laughs> I mean, definitely. Ky Kylie slingshotted me and she's like, hey, this is my roommate, Erica. A couple margaritas later, I got her out there dancing. And I always say I impressed her with my dancing skills. What was that? Um, it, it, was, it was very weird for, for Renee and I. There was never like an official, we're together now. We just were. Was that like for you guys? It was. I More thought we were together. I was in love with him the second <laughs> I met him, I'm pretty sure. Well, like, I don't know. Like, I guess it was just at my age at the time. Like, I felt like that you had to be the official, like, will you be my girlfriend? That being Yeah, well, me too, right? I was like, well, you're not my chick. And she's like, uh, I haven't left. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm here every day. Yeah. You know? but, but it was weird for us. We just knew. Like, we just knew that we uh, were... I don't know if I did. We didn't go anywhere. <laughs> You wouldn't leave. Because you were funny. You made me laugh. I was sticking You could have said, because I give good dick or something. You know? <laughs> I was a willing audience member. <laughs> um, well, and then one time she says, uh, you know, she goes, uh, I go, you know, I love her so much because she, she loves to laugh. And she laughs at all my jokes. And then she goes, I laugh at everybody's jokes. I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I'm not special. <laughs> so then was there a moving in right away or it was kind of long distance or... 
long distance. Like, so we were, I mean, both of us were different colleges. I'm rodeoing a bunch. And like, when you said like to get, like there was not really never an official we're together, but then like six months in, I'm like, will you be my girlfriend? But just to really, she was like, I've been your girlfriend girlfriend for five and a half months. This is also at a bar. So this is not cute. (laughs) Also, well, you know, and then how did you break it to your dad and your mom? Uh, I first told him, I said, Dad, I met this guy. He's a bull rider. My dad said, heck no. Nope. Not not, no bull rider. And I said, he ropes calves too. And he's like, <laughs> all right, I'll meet this guy. And the first jackpot, he came and watched. And Josh was tied down rope. And then Josh fell flat on his face. First calf out. And my dad said, is this a bull rider pretending to be a calf roper for me to like him? And I said, no, I promise he ropes calves. No, no, really. I mean, despite the mud on his face, he's <laughs> fluke deal. <laughs> so that was the first time. For, yeah, first time I first time I met him, he it was I said we've been together probably seven months. He came down, flew down from Quebec to watch her at the college rodeo, and I'm in the calf roping there too, and didn't didn't. Did show your dad up. rodeo? He did. He yeah. calf ropes as well. Well, and, no. and that's what you'll notice about rodeo. And, and I was that, that was one of my questions when it comes to rodeo. Is there any fear of that someday rodeo will go away with this modern world that we live in? And there's really, so that you know, yeah. most rodeo people are rodeo people. Their families are in rodeo. And it's just a family tradition that has continued. There's very few people that are, are first generation rodeo. So do you guys ever get that feeling of like, oh man, this could go away? I don't really. You mean you kind of hit it on the head? Like, I was going to say, is that accurate? That like, mm-hmm. like if you go to college for rodeo, is it very rare that you will meet someone who is the first in their family to go to college for rodeo? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's I mean, it's probably, I mean, that, that it is a th- like people are making enough money rodeoing, primarily, especially in the bull riding. Like bull riding's became a standalone to where you hit some people that are seeing it on TV and they're like, holy cow, I want to be a bull rider. And so they go and find somewhere to learn how to do it. But in general, it's, you know, but there's still large parts of America and Canada, like Steve said, that are country as fuck. And very much a lot of like, it's still very much alive and well. And as it's of, never too late to start. Yeah. I mean, I ran barrels until my sophomore year of college. I decided I wanted to be a breakaway roper. And so I started at 20 years old. And How did that decision come about? Just... Um, barrel racing is very, very tough if you don't have the horsepower and breakaway roping, it was a lot of working on yourself. I mean, I could be out there roping the dummy and perfecting my skill to where I could have an average horse and still be doing really good. And so I thought that was pretty appealing to me because I like to work hard and I thought that would be a great swap for me. Put it on yourself. Yes, sir. And he was all about it. He did not like the barrel racing. I'm not a fan of barrel racing, loved rope. But that's how I always tell her. The day I knew I loved you is when you sold your barrel horse and bought a breakaway horse. Well, our story of the day I knew I loved her is very different. (laughs) (laughs) We were were taking a picture with my balls hanging out of my uh, pants. And we picked up our shirts. And everybody taking a picture went. And then this one was like, ah! He, he forgot to mention that that happened at a wedding. Very different. But um, <laughs> then from there, it's like, okay, we're together, boyfriend and girlfriend, but you got to do your thing and you got to do your thing. Yes. How does that work? I love that about him. Like he supports me in what I do and I support him and we kind of go our own ways, but always come back to each other. But well, that's my question. So is it different circuits? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're technically compete, you know, that we're both competing in the PRCA, but like it's 
a bull rider schedule and a breakaway roper schedule are completely different. So, are, but are you in the same city at the same time? Maybe sometimes. T- like I'll go, <laughs> I'll go to 120 rodeos a year, and maybe eight of those will be at the same time. This oh, week. damn! So, so that's like vacation. What's even crazier is that that Josh doesn't have to travel with the bull he's gonna ride. Right. You know, so he can fly in, show oh, yeah. up, get in his hotel room, and uh-huh. you're hauling. A trailer. Tra- trailer and the horse. Are you hauling that yourself? Or you have I like am. someone who helps you haul it? I haul myself and the trailer truck and trailer is here. <laughs> I know Steve yesterday was telling someone he's like, Oh, we're gonna have the frost on the podcast. They're bringing a horse on the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> on, the a horse on the podcast? I was yeah, like, oh, he's right here. But she pulled in that trailer all by herself. <laughs> she didn't yell at Josh about it. She didn't go, Come get me and why aren't you guiding me in? And why do I get stuck pulling the trailer? Yesterday, I'm trying to reverse my car out between Steve's two, and I have to call Lori to come help me because I can't get it out. But so, but that makes things more difficult for you guys as a relationship. That I mean, t- literally after this, you're hauling ass to Amarillo. I am. And how long is that drive? Does anybody know offhand? Seven hours. Seven hours. She's about to drive with the horse trailer. And then where are you off to? I'm just hanging out here with Jerry and Jake and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> But I ride here. I ride here Thursday again at San Antonio for the so. San Antonio radio. Yes. Yeah. So you've already rode once here, or no? I have rode four times here already, Oof. and done it's ter- kind of a tournament. So like you ride, you do well, you move on. And so I did well on my first couple bulls. Now the Thursdays they call it the semifinals. Right. So ride again. Ride again Thursday. Do well. Ride again Saturday for the finals. So I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you do it. And and it's it's you know it's so funny to me. To see a guy like you who's so confident, so no problem jumping on a bull, yet I call you on stage in Vegas, and all of a sudden he's <laughs> this shy guy. And, and, it, and it's funny because people look at me and go, how do you do that? And for me, it's just my whole life. I'm, it's natural to me. And for you, you look at me and go, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I look at you and go, this guy's fucking crazy. You know, but you started, what, eight years old? Oh, yeah. Yep, six, you know, that's what I, you know, what most kids want to be a basketball player. You know, I was getting on Holstein calves, starting small, work my way up. And so it's. So how did you guys end up in Utah? Just, that was where my family, that was where my family was from. You know, my, there was four brothers from Colorado, which was one of my, my grandpa's family. And they moved to Utah, bought a ranch. And my dad lives in the same house that he grew up in. And we're just right up the road from there. And so it's just kind of a. Just home. Just home. Yeah. How do you train in the winter? Uh, it, it, it's not fun. I actually <laughs> built an indoor arena at my house. Oh, if you were wondering if he does well. <laughs> that, that being said, I if, didn't think If I, you were wondering <laughs> if Rodeo paid well, <laughs> I just built an indoor arena. But I didn't insulate it because it hasn't been very cold. In the, you know, it, it is 20 degrees, which for me, that's not terrible. This winter, though, we have a foot and a half of snow, and it's negative 15. So that oh. uninsulated indoor arena has been it's still cold. Yeah, yeah. Hence why I've spent the last three weeks in Texas. But, but you're able to train there too, as well. Yes, yeah, so we have roping set up there, and we can rope buck bulls on the other end. So no, I don't mean to. I don't mean to start problems on this podcast. <laughs> but are we thinking Who's about fighting us or them? Uh, well, we're gonna get them. In a <laughs> We'll, we'll find kids on the way thinking about it. If it was up to Josh, I think we'd have kids right now. I'm ready for that. I'm excited, but she's. I'm excited as well, but I want to go break my rope. And I was a first grade teacher for two years and decided to just go rodeo in this year. And so I want to go home. So this and... is your first year to just rodeo? Yes. Yeah. I you know, excited. Renee and I talk about that uh, quite a bit 
amongst ourselves. And, and now that I'm raising a daughter, being a woman is so complicated and it's so hard, you know, because I, I think you would make an amazing mother. However, you also want to have something for yourself. I feel like women so, have to think about their lives in phases in ways that a man doesn't necessarily have to. Right. I mean, we have to think about our life and faces too. Well, but, I mean, listen, there's only so there's only so many years a woman is capable of conceiving. We said we weren't going to talk about sex on this podcast. Well, <laughs> so in, in our situation, same thing. I was like, I'm ready to have a kid. I'm ready to have a kid. And Renee was, was not ready. And I actually, she gave me an ultimatum that I had to uh, propose to her. And then I gave her an ultimatum and said, look, I, I'm ready. I we're having it. kids now we're, or not. Yeah, we're having kids. You're, you ain't no spring chicken. We're anymore. pulling the gold. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to make that decision for us. But, you know, you guys are in also in a great situation and in a, in a bad situation because the sport you're in is, is for young people. And you can't rodeo forever. You can go a lot longer yes. than, than he can. So maybe... What are the average ages? You're talking to like a rodeo dummy, you guys. I don't know a lot, so, so I'm going to ask some bull, questions. Bull riding is, you know, in general, mid-30s is when you guys see guys start retiring. That being yeah. said, there was a guy that was 48 years old that made the PBR finals last year. But that's like unheard of. And well, so I better start training. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> but so my time period's a lot shorter than hers, whereas, you know, there's breakaway ropers that are 45, 50 yeah. making the NFL. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Josh always says on his retirement plan, he says, someday <laughs> yeah. I'll just take care of the kids and haul you around everywhere and you can just rope. So I like that too. That's, that's, awesome. a, that's a great plan. So how did uh, you've been together now seven, eight months, doing the rodeo thing. You know she's the one for you. You know he's the one for you. Now, did y'all go to your brother's wedding? Yes. Yeah. So how did he propose? That's a pretty cool story. You should explain it. <laughs> and so, well, similar to, we had, what did we date? We did, I think we'd been together for four years before I proposed. That being Forever. said. You were that guy? I was that guy too. Yes. I was that guy too. We, we were seven years seven in. Years. In my defense, I was just wanting to have a lot of money so I could get a big ring. See? No, I'm the same, I was the same Excuses. way where I'm like, yeah, I'm that's trying exactly to- That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. I said, other men figure it out. Well, no, and, and, and I don't know about With you. a little ring. Right? <laughs> no, but I'm like you, Josh, and I would assume that we're very similar. I, you know, I grew up with a, a, a very, hard father and my father always taught me to stand on my own two feet and to be my own man and so I didn't want any help and I never got any help so everything was on me and I always wanted to give her all the things that she deserves to have so there was a little bit about that for me too where I was like I can't afford to give you the wedding that you want I can't afford to give you the ring that I think you deserve and and in retrospect I think you learn that it wasn't about the big ring however I think men have an ego <laughs> right and there's some machismo behind it of like I am here I'm supposed to provide and I'm supposed to give my wife all the great things right so four years goes by four years goes by and like I said in my mind I still wasn't ready were y'all living together we were living together living in sin like <laughs> us yes. but, but by that point like you know she was she had, we never went and looked at rings, but I was getting pictures and more or less. <laughs> she was doing the same thing, dude. If you're going to pick out a ring, these are the kind I like. Yeah. like she was doing that shit to That me. being said, I go get the ring and then I'm still getting the pictures. And by this point, the pictures she's sending me look nothing like the ring I got. Oh, this is our story. <laughs> and finally, and, and like by that point, I had the ring. Like I'm trying to plan out. And then the one day 
I kind of lose it. I'm like, well, we'll get engaged at some point. Quit asking me. She starts crying, and I'm like, oh, I'm over here feeling terrible. Like, oh right. my gosh, this ring don't look like the picture she just sent me. So hold on, but did you talk to Daddy? Had you talked yeah, to I Daddy did. already? I, 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 I probably I guess should have talked to him before I bought the ring. That being said, I bought the ring, and then like the night before I get I was gonna ask her, I call him up, and this is our story. <laughs> I, I, I bought the ring first, and then I, I always tell the story. I go up to her dad and. I said, sir, you know, I'm planning on marrying your daughter. Here's the ring. And he just goes, well, you're a hard worker. <laughs> he wasn't like, welcome to the family. I'm so happy. Of, you know, we're, we've been waiting. And then, he, and then he goes. We've been waiting for seven years. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, well, we should tell Mary. Like, He's like, we were hoping she would change her mind over the last seven years. Yeah. So I go, to, I go to her mom. I say, uh, hey, you know, I'm planning on. And then Raymond's like, tell her. <laughs> like I go, uh, ma'am, I'm, I plan on you know asking Renee to marry me, and she goes, "I'll never forget it." Well, not right away. <laughs> like, how was his response to you? They were excited. They were they loved me, and so I, <laughs> I really they did. I don't know that feeling. I don't know <laughs> they did. Feeling. They were besides the fact when he said it, like, they loved me. Yeah, yeah they loved. They actually loved me. <laughs> besides the fact that they knew I was taking her to Utah, like. He was almost in tears on the phone. He was so excited. Same thing with their mom. And I'm so. about to cry. How does that feel yeah. <laughs> to be wanted and welcomed? Uh, so, 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 how did you act? And, and again, you're a fucking bull rider. You have the balls to get on a bull and ride a bull in an arena in front of sometimes thirty thousand people. But is it is it me or like I, I can get in front of a crowd, talk, make them laugh? But when it came to proposing. I was a freaking mess. <laughs> no, that was, that was me too. And, the, you know, I was 99.9% .9 sure she was going to say yes, but still nervous. <laughs> and so I get it all planned out. It was like day before Halloween. So I went and carved 35 pumpkins that said, 14 pumpkins. Yeah, will for... you marry me? So I had it all planned out and I decorated the yard all up with lights and put the pumpkins up. Will you, make me, will you marry me? That being said, I, the night I was going to ask her, I was actually, like, I was preparing for the NFR in that period, so I was getting on practice bulls. So I'm out there, like, getting ready to get on these bulls and all that. That was me in my college years. I was getting on, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they were just for practice, basically. <laughs> but literally all I'm thinking about is, Jake, like, stop looking at me. Jake's laughing hard. More or less freaking out about asking her to marry me, and then I'm like, you got to get it together. like. And then I'm thinking, like, what if I break my leg on one of these balls? Well, yeah, it's, it's like that Rocky moment. They weaken the legs. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking about women, they weaken the legs. Yeah, that, that was me. That was me. I'm like, all the things. Because you're going, definitely not focused yeah, on. Not what you need to be thinking about when you're about to get on something that could right. kill you. Right. And, <laughs> and I'm did. thinking, how did you carve 14 pumpkins without her not knowing something? I hit, hit him in my trunk. Like, I had, it, I had it all set up. He did this so cute, and I tried to ruin it so bad. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> I did had no clue and we just got done roping we had like seven horses saddled when we had plans that night with friends afterwards but, so, uh, what, but did the friends know the friends know knew. I didn't know and his dad pulls up in the truck Josh has been building fence all day carving pumpkins and his dad pulls up in the truck says hey Josh you gotta come help me get the cows they got out of the fence you just built and I'm thinking this <laughs> idiot you built fence all day and these cows got out and so I'm mad because we're don't supposed forget to don't forget we have friends. plans later don't you be late so he's like can yeah, you fuck the fence you screwed up yeah. we got plans he said can you unsaddle the horses I'll go get the cows in so I'm, I have seven horses to unsaddle fine whatever 
Unsaddle all the horses. By then, I'm so mad. I've got tunnel vision. Drive into the house. He's got this the pumpkins. This is you. Beautiful oh. extravaganza set out in the yard. Like, I'm out pumpkins there in my Pumpkins are illuminated, suit. like lights, and I drove right by it. No. Like, never no. saw no. it. Drives right by, walks no. in the house, oh, yeah. and doesn't even see it. You and her. Remember I told you in Vegas, I go, you were going to get along with my wife. Yeah. I, I go, you were going to fucking get along. We're the and same. now this, you guys are the same assholes. <laughs> so you drive by the pumpkins. No I clue. have no clue how I missed it. There's lots. And then his little sister said, hey, Erica, can I come shower at the house? Her shower's not working. So I'm like, all right. So she comes in the house with me, and she's just standing there. And well, hold on. This is your plan, because you tell your sister, yeah. hey, dummy she, over there didn't see my fucking proposal. Well, she was supposed to like bring me out and stuff. Well, I'm standing in the house. She's standing there. I'm like, what are you doing? Go shower. Like, why is everyone being weird? And so, then, so at this point, I call her, and I'm like, babe, we have a pot belly sweat balls. Oh, yeah. Like just Standing <laughs> outside by the pumpkins. And so I'm like, hey, the, the Tina got out. You got to come help me. She's running all over the yard. Yeah, the cows are out. The fucking Tina's out. Yeah, uh, and it's out. Thinking that she'd just come outside. Instead, she walks to, all pissed off, walks to the window and looks out, and then she sees the pumpkin. <laughs> Phone drops, and then like... I just, just stood there. She just stands there, and I'm like, are you going to come out here? Yeah. <laughs> Come outside. <laughs> what was going through your mind? I was in shock. I I should have seen the signs. There was so many signs. Like his dad pulled up in the pickup truck to go get the cows and was so excited. He was like, "Hey!" I'm like, "Why is he so happy that this idiot so son?" <laughs> like there was so many signs. Looking back now, and I saw none of them, so I was pretty in shock. So then, shock. when did you physically tell? When she's when she finally walked finally out, she out. finally <laughs> came out of the house and walked out there. My knee was sore. I'd been down there for 20 minutes <laughs> waiting. And I didn't even let you ask. Yeah, she I just said, ran and said yes. yes and, started. and he goes, I think I have to ask you first. <laughs> that is awesome. That's such a similar story. She's, I would, this girl right here is like a freaking FBI agent. I can't do shit. Where are you going? And why are you doing that? And what's going on? I would have like, known something was up with the pumpkins. I would have been like, you smell like pumpkins. <laughs> she, well, she shit on every idea I had to propose to her. We're driving home, and I don't know if we told a story on the podcast, but I'll give you kind of the short version. We're driving home for Christmas. At that point, we're living in Los Angeles. We would always go home for a long time for December, Christmas, and it's hunting season, and you know, so I can't wait to go home. We're driving home. All of my relatives had proposed at our, we have a big Christmas Eve party, and we've had eight proposals. Really? I don't know that. I wasn't there for those, I don't think. So I'm driving home and I got the ring in my pocket. And by the way, I don't know about you, but I always kept checking on it. <laughs> I'm like, is it still there? Is it still there? Okay. So it's in my pocket and we're driving home and this one goes, it's so lame, people that propose on Christmas. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit, there goes that plan. So she ends up shitting on four other plans. And finally we walk in my mom's house and I just, I take a knee and I go, will you marry me? And that was it. You know, you all my plans went to complete... <laughs> Um, shit. So then you said yes. <laughs> I did. Big wedding, small wedding. It was a pretty big wedding. My family came from Canada, and it was a little scary for a bit there with COVID. We didn't know if we would have to move it further down. The well, and that was so we we got engaged twenty twenty. So that was the hardest part too. Was like I didn't actually get to meet her dad in person to ask, and so oh, I you had to call. Had to call. But it was like, I didn't know when I was going to get to go to Canada or they were going to, or they were going to get to come here. Yeah. 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 And so we start planning the wedding for the next October. We, you mean she she does. (laughs) Yeah. I picked the cake. That was, you know, that's about it. Yeah. And the cake never showed up. (laughs) Were you uh, a little bit bridezilla? 
Uh, no, not at all. I mean, no, she I, she did she did good. You know, she did very good. That was, but yeah. Moral <laughs> of the story: We planned the wedding. We were scared it wasn't going to happen. What happened to the cake? Didn't happen. We no, ordered the cake. It was actually a blessing in disguise. So the morning of our wedding, we were in separate rooms with he's with his groomsmen. I'm with my bridesmaids, and I get a Facebook message saying, "Hey." My phone's been dead for two days. I can't actually bring you your cake. And what? Like, and I just start laughing. And my maid of honor, Caitlin, was like, what's wrong? What's happening? And I said, oh, the cake's not coming. And she was like, <laughs> and this is like eight bridesmaids just running. And I was so like, they were it's brides, okay. Bridesmaidzillas. Oh, yeah. And you were like, it because is Because I wasn't. I Honestly, I didn't care about anything but Mary and Josh, which sounds cheesy, but it was real. And... So they ran downstairs, ran to the, they had a bakery downstairs and I actually had time to like read my Bible that morning and was alone and I don't want to speak it. It was a good moment. It's a beautiful moment. You know, we, we go back to, to our wedding and when people ask me, you know, what's your advice for us? And I always say, you know, that's your wedding day. That is the first day that you're going to be a couple. And I, my advice to you is don't leave each other's side. You know, we made the mistake of feeling like we have to entertain. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, let me go talk to my family. You go talk, you know. So, and then before you know it, that beautiful day, the best party we've ever thrown was gone. Yeah. You know, and, so and we fast. didn't, like, yeah. we didn't spend, we, you know, so I saw young couples, and, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Don't leave each other's sight. That's yeah. the first day that you get to be a couple, and everybody's there for you. Nobody's going to go. Man, those assholes, they wouldn't leave each other. <laughs> That's true. You know, so, so, and that day goes by so fast. <clears throat> and, and those are memories for me that are etched in my brain as one of the most beautiful days in my life. You know, we, we yeah. got married in, in um, Mexico in this beautiful place and we need to go back. But yeah. <laughs> um, I really wish that we had spent more time yeah. together, together, yeah. you know. Um, now, what are the big fights you guys have? This is it sounds bad, but we really don't fight. No, no. It's, it, like I guess we were only a year and a half in, but even that, even before that, you know, like there was you know minor adjustments moving in of me leaving my clothes laying around and the stuff. Toilet but, seat up. The toilet seat up. But Josh is a horrible person. Like he does not fight. Like. I could be mad about something and he'll find a solution. I'm like, I don't want a solution. I just I want, want a bitch right now. I just want to complain and argue. And he's like super positive all the time and finds, yeah. It's, it's impossible to fight. Similar to us. Well, no, she. No, we fight all the time. Well, no, I, I want a solution. Not similar to us. I want a solution and I want to fix it. And she won't. I'm like, no, you can't leave. I'm like, get over here. Let's fix this. And then she'll just be like, I'm not dealing with it. Like, fuck you, we need to deal with it, right? Now, yeah. You know? Um, but I will say that, that you know, when you have kids too, that makes things a little more complicated. And the fact oh. that you don't have kids and with the travel schedule. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. like, realistically, if you're, you said you do 180 tournaments a year, how many days in a year do you guys actually spend together, you think? Like half the year? Probably half the year. year. Like the good part for me, like it's like the su- the summer is when I'm super busy. So October through January, I'll be home almost every day. So that but that's usually the hardest adjustment too is we, like when we're on the road, we get used to being in that schedule. But then like when I take off in January, it's the worst because we've literally been together. It's harder for, when we've been together yeah. for a while than it, when we're used to it. And like we've always kind of been long distance and 
people ask me if it's hard and I'm like, no, I get to steal his horse, his truck, his trailer and go rodeo. What do you mean this is hard? But I've always been pretty independent. I mean, I drove 30 hours from home and went to college. And so it was a good fit for his lifestyle, I guess, because if you had somebody at home. And and I guess we've been lucky with that. We started long distance, like we started at different colleges. So we made the long distance thing work first. And so now it's just the more, and that was, that was really when I told her I loved her was when we, she came home with me that first summer and got to meet my family, spent three weeks at the house. And it was one every, the more time I was with her, the more I loved her. And well, so I, I'm the same way, you know, and, and as time goes by, I love, I love my wife more and more. And I also think it's so crazy how similar we are. You know, she was at a drama tournament every weekend in high school, right? So she was used to being on the road, being gone. So our lives, and I was already doing comedy when we got together. So, and I always tell people, we, it's just how we live. It, it, it is what it is, right? And, and we love what we do, but there's a, a moment where I actually get to miss my wife. Yeah. You know, I go on the road, first day I'm like, great, I'm away from the, the wife, man, I have some freedom, <laughs> going to the casino, I have some drinks. Well, the next day when I'm sitting in my hotel room alone, I'm like, why is it so damn quiet? I need to fight with my wife. I need the kids, you know, and I, and I miss her. So when I do, when we do get together, then he does come home, and we miss each other, and then he makes me crazy, and it's time for him to go again. Off again. That's I always joke. You can't miss me if I never leave. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But when you guys end up at the same rodeo, do, do you do both of you kind of feel that it's a distraction sometimes for the job that has to be done? No, I love. He pushes my calf, and I'm glad he's there. So no, it's, it's it, 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 I think it, we like we, the more it happens, the better because we do like we've competed with each other. Both you know, even in college, we were both at the college rodeos competing together, and it's a lot of fun because then we're both. It's cooler when we're both entered. As of if I just come watch her, she comes and watches me because then I get to feel like I'm involved with her competition, and then she's there to you know video my ride and stuff. And do you get annoyed sometimes when he coaches? Uh, he's actually really good. I'm going to give you a compliment. That's great. I feel like you're very patient at explaining things well. No, we do really good. We we do do really good, but there are days where I'm like, if you were, you know, maybe if you were my kid, you might get a swift kick in the ass. (laughs) I probably... See, I always tell her that. I'm like, dude, if you were my kid, like, there's no way my son talks to me the way he just talked to me. Yeah, it's um, mainly when you're trying to find solutions and I don't want one. <laughs> but, you know, our, our relationship is new and, and you know, now that, that we have become friends, I follow you and I watch and, I, you know, I, I get worried about you. I'm not, like, I worry about you. And when you go out there, I'm, like, I'm out there like, oh, man, this is, because I know, I know how dangerous it is and how dangerous it can be. How do you feel when you watch? I think I just, ever since I've met him, he's been doing it, so it's not something I'd want to change about him. So I just try to think about being excited for him instead of being nervous. I pray before every time he gets on, too. That helps. And just, it's a different kind of, like, it's not a nervous, like, I'm scared he's going to get hurt. It's a nervous, like, I want him to do so good because I know how much it means, it means to him. him. So I try well, and, and that's to. And that's, you know, I always tell people, they really got on Tom Brady. And, you know, people kept telling Tom Brady, when are you going to retire? And why don't you retire? And, and I never enjoyed, I was never on that side of, because I'm a comic. Nobody ever has to tell me that I have to stop doing what I absolutely love. I love being on stage. I love telling jokes. And, and for me, I love making people happy. 
That's what I love. I love when people are smiling, when people are having a good, I'm a giver. I'm a, I'm a host. I'm a, I'm somebody that, that when you come to my house, I'm, what do you need? And you know, so nobody will ever tell me, when are you going to retire, dude? You're too old to do this. Yeah. So when it comes for you guys, there's got to be that feeling of the clock is ticking. No, it, and like, and I guess I'm very aware of the time timetable on bull riding. That being said, you know, I take care of my body really well. I work out. I've looked into how to eat right and to stay healthier. But it's one of them ones there's going to, I'm sure there's going to come a day where it's like, it is a very stressful lifestyle. Like a lot of travel, being away from home, getting on bulls. And that's part of the reason we, you know, I am excited to have kids, but I know it's going to make it harder once we do have kids because it's the risk of getting hurt and not being able to be there for my children is. I mean, it's the same reason I don't drive a motorcycle, right? Because that, that I, I tell Renee all the time as a dad, I am here to eliminate risk, right? I'm not going skydiving. I'm not, you know, I'm never going to put myself in a position that I could hurt myself where I couldn't work or even die, you know? So you have to minimize those risks. But for you right now, it's like, Hey, this is my job. And I can't even imagine I'm so high when I get off stage. When I do that hour on stage, hour and 15 minutes, and I get off stage and everybody's cheering and and, we're, and you just have this adrenaline rush. I can't sleep. I can't imagine how it is for you guys. Oh, I mean, it's the same way in bull ride, you know, it's, which my deal's only eight seconds, but like, it's... But it's not eight seconds. It's the buildup. Oh, the buildup. It's up. the draw. Oh, yeah. It's, what bull did I get? Oh, crap. Now I got to go watch that bull and how he ran, runs. And, yeah. and then there's this... I mean, it's not just eight seconds, it, right? it, it, it's, it's the buildup before and then to get on the bull and pretty much do the impossible and, you know, for me, technique-wise, completely dominate, eight seconds, get off, and then... Does the eight seconds feel like forever? Not when I'm in the... Like, when I'm in that zone, it's just... About like you up on, you know, just an hour flies by when you're up there and right. you're killing it. And that's like where, when I'm, which also for me, like if I'm not in that zone, I don't make the eight seconds. Like it's a very much, you can't think it's all subconscious training beforehand and you get on and it's just bang, bang, bang. Erica, it's the same for you. Break guy open is quick. Right? <laughs> Getting like, quicker and quicker. And the sad part is that it's so fast that the disappointment is so fast too sometimes. Oh, yeah. If you miss, you missed. Yeah. yeah. And that's you it. You gotta it's, get over it because you got the next one coming. Right. So. God, it, you know, the lifestyle you guys live is is so interesting to me. And and it's and it's crazy to, you know, and of course, you know, I can't get hurt doing comedy, but um I don't know, people rushing the stage these days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're Chris Rock, you might get slapped, but uh, I, I I'm slapping back, I'll tell you that. But it's funny, like you explained being on stage and like the high, I feel like he's like a completely different person riding bulls too. Like when I met him, I was like, oh yeah, this is this badass bull rider, like tough guy. And then you get to know him and he's like so sweet, loves puppies, like just this <laughs> other complete person. And then he gets behind the shoots and it's like, whoa, this is a different guy. He's an intense guy. He's right. like in that moment, he's there riding bulls. So what is the plan after bull riding? Now I know you being the... You got a sugar mama here. Possibly, you know. yeah, I, I, I always tell you, which it is a real thing. But, but you live on a working ranch. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that that would be the dream. Is It's not leased. It's y'all work yep, that yep. ranch. Like I said, my, my dad worked his butt off for the, you know, and we're partnered on some of it. And that's the dream is to, you know, do well riding bulls and invest in my, invest. I got some land already, but continue to grow that and have my own cows and be able to spend every day with my kids out on the ranch doing That's cowboy awesome. shit. He keeps talking about kids. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got it bad. The baby fever is real. My, my brother has two that's two and 
eight months. And so being a I will tell you that I, I consider myself a pretty macho tough guy as a matter of fact you know Renee goes you think every dude's gay <laughs> you're so macho that everybody's gay to you right um but man kids soften you up and and that little girl that I have just buddy I I, I, I do pray that you have a girl but I also pray that you don't because she ruins me I mean she I, I raised my voice to her the other day and and we don't spank our kids we just don't and I raised my voice to her, and she goes. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, Garrett would crumble. Yeah. My son, if I raise my, even now, if I raise my voice, it's like, ah, dad's mad, you know? And she was just like, <laughs> like, relax, bro. That's like Luella, she'll say, daddy or mommy, chill, chill. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> but I tell Renee, you know, I get, I have to be the heavy with my son. Like I am, I am the disciplinarian. I'm here to raise a man, and I, I'm, I'm very, very hard on my son. You know, if the words "no sir" or "no ma'am" or "no yes ma'am" or "no ma'am" don't come out of his mouth, I am on his ass. You know, but I told her, hey, with the daughter, I would like her to be the heavy because when I get off the road and she's like, "Hey, your son did this, this, and that, and the other," all I want is squeezes, all I want is hugs. But then I have to come here and be a parent and be the hard ass, and it sucks. So with her, I'm like, no, 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 I'm gonna be the I'm going to be the, come here, mama. What, what did that mean woman do to you? But, <laughs> but you talk about like the adjustment of coming on and off the road in your relationship. It adds a different level to it when you've got little emotions mixed into, you know? Oh, yeah. But being alone, you know, and, and I, you know, in, in the, I'm always very conscious about how, how much I drink. I don't do drugs, um, but I do, I do enjoy drinking. However, it's hard to be on the road by yourself after that huge high, everybody wants to hang out. Everybody wants to have a good time. So for me, I made rules, right? And I go, look, I don't drink Thursday night. I drink Friday. Saturday night, I don't drink. I'm going home. And I'm going to be daddy again, right? So for your business, is there is there some temptation sometimes to find yourself in that party mode? I mean, that, a comedy club's but, in a bar. Oh, well, and, and that's... I don't know how much you, I'm sure you've seen the stigma about rodeo, but like, it is very true. Like there's a lot of guys that, you know, they drink, you know, go to the bar, there's free beer at every rodeo. Like it's a stigma that cowboys like to drink beer. Drinking fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and for me, I don't ride good if I drink the night before, you know, if I, the night before, if I don't feel good, I have a hard enough time staying on a bull when I feel a hundred percent. So I've got more dedicated to my sport to where like, you know, one, like I'll go blow some steam off once a month if I don't have nothing to, no bulls to ride. And four or five well, days. And that was one of the things I admired about you at, at my show. I go, hey, you want to have a drink? And you go, I'm training. You know, and I really admired that about you because I don't drink on stage. And the reason I don't drink on stage is because I think it looks unprofessional, right? And I think that people spend a lot of money to for me to be their night out. And if I'm up there drinking and getting drunk, to me, it just doesn't look, it's not the right look. And I'm not sharp. I want to be sharp on stage. I want to look professional. I want to, I want my show to be the very best show that I could do, and I know that if I'm drinking up there, I also don't have an off switch. Once I start drinking, <laughs> I'm a drink. You know, so you, you have to really kind of be professional. And then here's here's the last bit that I would like to ask. Um, you have any questions? No, I'm good. We have Brian Hart him. here. Um, I know Brian said he might have some questions. You have any questions, Brian? Uh, I was wondering about the bulls. Like, like the bulls are, uh, they've gotta be famous too. Like there's got to be some goals that you're kind of like, 
<laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, which that's a cool part about bull riding is that it's similar to the racehorse industry. Like they've bred these bulls for so many generations to where, you know, the stigma is, oh, it's a crazy, wild, mean animal. That being said, there's a large percentage of them that you can go pet them in the back pan. Right. They're just very friendly, but they're bred to where when you get on their back, they're going to buck really hard. And, and it's, uh, but you know, like I, we see the same bulls quite often. I was going to say, do the bulls travel the circuit too? Yeah, is that yeah, how it works? Yeah. Okay. There's people that own the bulls via like San Antonio rodeo hires. Let's say Steve had a hundred bulls that that's what he did to make his living. San Antonio rodeo calls him. They pay him to bring his bulls and there's, you know, but they have to be approved for, um, the professional level. Yeah. So, and then some of them drop off and, you yeah. know, depending on their age or, or how they reacted at the last rodeo, they don't get invited back, you know, stuff like they, that. They try to have the best bulls at the rodeo. Like they try to have the best guys, if that makes sense. And which yeah. one's your favorite? Uh, there's one called riding solo. I rode him at the P he's actually the world. He like, they have a world champion bull race and he was a world champion bull last year. And that I actually, is so cool too. He, he drew him at, so it was his first time going to the PBR finals and they got to pick their bulls and he was the rookie and he picked the bull of the year. So it was like the big story, like the rookie who picked that bull. Like a lot of people were probably scared of him or thought they were going to get bucked off. And Josh drew him because that's kind of the person he is. He always up for the challenge. And they played this whole big video right before he went, like showing off the bull. And like, oh, had its own highlight So everybody was like on the edge of their seat and Josh wrote him. And I mean, everybody in this whole stadium was standing and cheering. And it was pretty You had to cool. have a moment for you. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And, yeah. Like I just knew how much he wanted it. So it was pretty but, cool. But look, I do believe in, I do believe there is a God and I do think that things happen for a reason. Oh yeah. Right. And it was like, here you go. You wanted it, you, you dreamt about it, you prayed about it, go do it, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and there is a, a, a connection you have, too, with the bull where you go, me and you, right? Like, let's go. Yeah. You know, so my, my last question, are any other questions? Caleb, Jake, Jerry's in our closet for some reason. <laughs> I've been waiting for him to come out. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> you see that for sure. Mine, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I, you know, I, I will say that, you know, I'm a huge fan of country music. I grew up on it. You know, um, there's a million songs written about rodeo. All right. So I'm going to ask you first. I, I know what, I'll go first. My favorite song about rodeo, well, two, but my favorite is, is um, I Can Still Make Cheyenne. <laughs> that is my favorite. And I'll tell you why. Because I make them, rodeo to me is like being a comedian. Now, I'm not comparing the wrists and all that. But, you know, the being on the road and going to that next gig and, you know, so when I hear the, I can still make uh, Cheyenne, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's cold. Like, I love the fact that he's like, oh, listen, ah, it sucks. It's not going to work out. But if I hang out, hang up with you now, I can still make Cheyenne. Cheyenne, Right. So there was, there's like, there's just that like love for the game that this guy has that he's like, oh, that sucks. Hate to hear it, but man, I, I gotta go to this next gig. So that's that's my absolute favorite. And I know you know the the Chris Ledoux's and you know everybody. Well, he was a real cowboy and blah blah. But there's something about I can still make Cheyenne that just for me is 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 so cold blooded and so awesome that he loves rodeo that and the much. Sweet right? angelic voice. Yeah, I've always me and Ray always said that I don't understand how that's not a duet. Right. I don't that understand how that's not a duet. And then my other one is is Garth Brooks um, Rodeo. 
I think you just stole, you stole Josh's. Like I, favorite. I get chills when I hear that one. It is. You know, it's, and it's again, I, I, I equate it to comedy, you know, and, and that that want to go over there and you don't know if you're going to win that day, but you're you're going to go and try. Do you have a pump yeah. up playlist? I don't really. No. no. So Not Erica, part of your which one's your favorite? I think um, I've always liked the song Crazy Girl by Eli Youngman, and then it meant a lot to me. The first time we went on a date, we went to the Oklahoma City. I went and watched you, and they were playing live there, and I had never Eli Youngman. Yeah, and we got to hear that song, and the worst part is they weren't very good live, and it made me really <laughs> sad. Yeah, it was like such a cute moment, but it was pretty cool. I think that would be my But you know, when you say song. that, that's ex- you know, and you don't know what was going on. Uh, with the band that night. I was going right? to say, I've seen them, I love them, I've seen them live twice, and I thought they were great both times. Oh, yeah. but, but that's my point, you know, were they hungover, were they drunk, were they sick? And I don't know, you like, know, just what the happened. sound was like, not necessarily them, but the sound was Right, good the venue makes stadium. a big difference, yeah. And, and of course... Yeah, Garth Brooks, Rodeo, like, and then I knew Cody Johnson's Dear Rodeo is one that... That's a sweet song. Hit, and, hits and fillings. I don't think I know that one. It's, it's Dear a, Rodeo, it's yeah. called? It's, I don't know it's that slow, and, and, but it's really sweet. And, and, you know, talking about a first-generation rodeo guy, Cody got into rodeo because his friends were doing it. And he was like, I want to do that. So he was kind of first-generation rodeo. So And it is also cool. I mean, yes, George rodeos. Garth never did. So when you hear somebody sing a song about rodeo, that's the reason Chris Ledoux... He he's so revered because he's done it. Yeah. So his yeah. songs really hit close to home because he, he been on the road, been through all that stuff. He, he knows you know what it's like now. Ex rodeo or former rodeo cowboys. Who are your favorites? Oh, I, I have a bunch. Um, probably bull rider. Big. I mean, I probably the biggest mentor I've had for me would be my dad, which he is not wasn't super successful in rodeo, but as a kid growing up, like he rode bulls. So I wanted to be just like my dad and I've studied a lot mm-hmm. of other guys, you know, Donnie Gay. And I look more for the recent, the guys that are having success now or them are the guys I study the most because I feel like the game is, you know, they're the top guys now. With well, the- there's a lot of Latinos, man. We're even taking, <laughs> we're even taking y'all's jobs. Yeah. <laughs> But those like, Brazilian guys are tough. Oh yeah, man. yeah. And then, like I said, that the, there's a guy named Jose Vitor Lemmy right now. I, which he's he's probably by far the best bull rider going right now. And so, and he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. bull riding right. in Brazil is huge. And huge Mexico, South America. Yeah. And those guys are hardcore. You go to a Me- you see a Mexican rodeo. That shit is rough, rough. I mean, they go they go with not spurs but actual spikes. Gotchos, yeah. Yeah, and they don't hold on. It's just their feet, and they fucking go. It is insane. Now, for yourself, favorite rodeo? Um, breakaway is hard because no one's really, it's not like they've retired yet. Like, you can, I mean, you can breakaway up to your 60 years old and out there, but there's definitely a lot of big names out there right now, like Larry D and Jackie Crawford, and all them girls are, they, you look up it's to It's primarily them. a female sport, correct? Yes. Yeah. Only females can break up. There's oh, tie down females. roping. Okay. They have to get off and tie the calf down. But breakaway ropers, we just catch it and it yeah. pops off our saddle horn. So only girls can do that. Um, and so if she was to do a under three second, right? That's huge. Yeah. Right. So um, what's your, what's your best? 
1.8. Jeez. Jeez. Last Wednesday. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Was that one of those moments where you're like, oh, I did that? Yeah, and I was actually been working with a mental coach. And she <laughs> well, said, a what? A mental coach. Mental coach. Her, yeah, for rodeo. And I feel like um, physically I'm good enough to do it, but like mentally I needed help to, which is the same mental coach that Josh works with holy shit i was gonna wrap this podcast <laughs> up but i'm like wait a minute Man, i'm gonna do that like, well, steve, always talks about, steve always talks about hypnosis like how he hypnotizes himself is there a little bit of that happening no. not that like no. i do know guys so i do know guys that have went and got hypnotized to help their bull riding but i don't know you know it's yeah. she's it more of like should talk to you and get figured out like kind of the stuff that you don't want to talk to other people about like i don't want to tell josh i'm insecure about whatever this is or i don't think i can win or i have these thoughts that I don't want to like you well there's things in the back of your head that even though you think think you're confident but there's things in the back of your head that that block of course and she's good at her job like she was an Olympic figure skater and she knows how to get to that elite level and what the struggles she's gone through have helped her become that's so cool that that's her background that's awesome yeah she's actually married to a bareback rider and so she knows about rodeo and helps out, but she's very, very blunt and very direct to the point. And she told me, all right, this week, like, what's a win? And we talked about it and she said, okay, I don't give a fuck about the times. <laughs> and the first thing I said in that car, I was like, I was 1-8. And she was like, remember what I said? And I was like, <laughs> I'm excited for you, but that wasn't yeah. the goal. She's over there going, yeah. listen, that is not. Yeah. And I had to. Come back to, okay, you're right. We were focused on this, but I got excited right there. Well, and moral of the story, it shows because she, like she showed up to that event super focused on, okay, the process. I need to swing fast. I need to ride my horse. She does her fastest time ever because she wasn't thinking about the result. Wasn't thinking about being fast. Whereas most right. of the time you get in there like, holy cow, I got to be 1-8 to win this. And, and it's intimidating. Like I started roping late and you show up to these rodeos and all these world champion breakaway ropers are there and... You just can't let that get to you. And that was something I didn't know how to fix. But that's what's hard about about what Josh does is you cannot control that bull. Nope. You know, normally it zigs and today it zagged, right? <laughs> yeah. And you were thinking, again, that mental block of you're not actually riding the bull. You're, you have it mapped out in your head and you can't do that, right? Because if he always goes left and all of a sudden he goes right on you, it's like, well... You so should have been riding reaction. the bull yeah. instead of trying to play the game with the bull, right? Yeah. So, wow, it's awesome. I, and I can't wait, and I'm hoping that, that we'll be together. We'll all be rodeo people together <laughs> in Corpus Christi, Texas. Yeah. I, I am headlining Wednesday night. Are you allowed awesome. to announce it yet? Oh, shit. Yes, I am allowed to announce it, I think. Are you? Yes. Ricky, you might have to cut that part out. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, I, I will be headlining that night, and I, it would be... It would be such a beautiful night if we're all together oh, yeah. uh, for that because Planning I'm so on it. <laughs> so excited about it. And if you wanted to, um, you could stay with us in our Rockport house. Uh, we have awesome. a beautiful little house in Rockport and you guys can stay with us. And my sister has three acres if we need to. I was going to say, I don't know if we the, have a place to park the horse we'll in the park trailer. park the horse in the trailer at <laughs> Victoria's house, but I can't promise that. Her daughters won't jump on it and take off, but um, that would be such a beautiful moment for us. And and hopefully, those of you that are watching the podcast, um, we'll have a picture all together where I get to headline the rodeo. You guys will be at the and don't fucking not win that one. Don't, Got it. Don't do, don't Got do that. <laughs> but we have to let Erica get on the road. Um, so real quick, Rick, do you have any questions? 
No, let's let them go. We got to yes. thank our sponsors. Go ahead, honey. You do you. Uh, Old Salt Coffee, they're going to be with us. Oh, we didn't even talk about it at the beginning. Helicopters for Heroes is happening this weekend. And Old right Salt now. Coffee is no. rolling out the red carpet, and they will be there. We're so excited to have them. Also, Picked Cherries. If you guys don't know about Picked Cherries, it is an app where you can share podcasts like never before. You can clip out a podcast. So you can actually take a clip from this podcast with you in it and share it with your friends. Aztec Chevrolet. Don't forget about our friends at Aztec Aztec Chevrolet. Aztec Chevrolet. And then, Josh, how can they follow your career? What are your socials? Uh, most active on Instagram. I think it's jo- Josh Frost 16. I love that he's like, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think. Yeah. Josh Frost 16. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, all my content goes through there. Erica? Uh, I'm on Instagram as well. Erica Check Paul. her out on TikTok. That's where all the well, I was going to say, dude, so you, my daughter and I were watching your TikTok. And you did this one when you were at NFR where you switched clothes and you had the frost um, uh, the belt. belt. And, and, and Delilah was like, play it again. Because that song, that song you played and she was over there loving it. But yes, you have a much better interesting uh, uh, social media than boring old Josh over here. So, but I say the same thing. Follow Renee. Renee is the one uh, that will give you the, the back story of our life. So... What a wonderful podcast. Thank, Thank you for, for, joining. for joining us Thank and for coming us. to our home. And I can't wait for Corpus Christi. We're so excited. We're so excited. Bye, guys. Thank you.